We're going to start off in the book of James, uh, James chapter 5. We're continuing our Bible study on Thursday nights uh, on the subject of one to another. Our responsibilities as Christians, one to another. As, we, uh, as we've seen, uh, there's a lot of these in the Bible, amen? And uh, there's a lot of ways that uh, we as Christians uh, should be behaving one to another. So we're just chasing that phrase through the Scripture and looking at the different things. Last week, uh, we uh, looked at uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 50, and we talked about peace one with another. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at our, our next one, maybe two. We'll see. I say that every week, maybe two. Usually it's not, amen? And uh, But that's okay. I'm in no hurry to get through this. This is good, amen? And I know it's been a blessing to me. I hope it has been to you. James chapter 5, if you find your place, stand together with me for the reverence of the re- reading of the Word of God. We've already been in this verse uh, several months ago, or a couple months ago, uh, when we talked, to the, uh, talked about the first thing mentioned in verse 16, and that's this, confess your faults one to another. And we spent a whole week on that, but that's not where it ends because look at the next word, and. So there's a conjunction there. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you again for allowing us to be here. Lord, please speak to us through your word. We need to hear from you, God. And Lord, the folks didn't come to hear from me, they come to hear from you. And Holy Spirit of God, we ask that you'd be active in our midst. We ask that you would speak to us and help us and challenge us and make us better for you. We love you and we thank you now. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, the context of this, if we back it up a couple verses here, uh, we see here, let's, let's back it up to verse uh, 13. And we see some questions here uh, that the Apostle James is asking the church. Notice what he says, Is any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry, let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. And then we see our text first. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly earnestly, that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. Did you notice in those verses I read how many times you found the word pray in there? How many times? And you know, that's one of those subjects that uh, probably every year I preach two or three or four messages on the subject of prayer. Why is that, church? Because prayer is such an important thing. And there's many different avenues of prayer we could talk about, but I want to stick with the context tonight, and that is this, praying one for another. And again, did you notice here uh, the different times that we're to pray for one another? Is any sick? Hey, have we not just mentioned that tonight? Amen. A lot of folks sick, and, and you know what? That's a biblical thing to do. If someone's facing a health problem, uh, to request prayer for that. And here, as soon as the message is over, we're going to gather in united prayer, and we're going to uh, call out the names of those that were mentioned. And, and united as a church, we're going to lift those folks' name up to the Lord. And notice again uh, what he talks about here. It says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And uh, folks, again, listen, uh, we're not God. We don't understand why God does certain things and, and heals certain ways. But let me just say this. Uh, if you know a loved one that's been sick and you prayed for him and you say, well, God didn't heal him, he took him to heaven. Pardon me, that's called healing. Because I'm going to tell you, our loved ones in heaven are way better off than we are, I can tell you that. 
By the way, they, they, they don't feel the pain we feel. They don't have whatever pain they had, they don't have anymore. Amen. And listen, so yes, ultimately, whether God chooses to heal here or heal there, God does heal. Amen. But I will say this, uh, you know what? There isn't such a thing as God raising up people that are sick and allowing them to still have time on this earth. We uh, talked, I think, uh, uh, maybe it was Brother Dallas on Sunday, talked about Hezekiah, where Hezekiah was sick. And God said, uh, sent Isaiah and said, set your house in order, you're going to die. And you know what? He besought the Lord and God granted him 15 more years. And you know what? I've seen that happen before. I talk about my grandpa a lot, but I remember when he got sick with cancer, uh, he did what the next verse said. He called for the elders of the church, and we anointed him. And by the way, let me just say this, all right, since we're on this verse. Uh, that's not something that uh, the, 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 the leadership of the church approaches a person about. That's something that a person that wants prayer approaches leadership about. Okay, that's the biblical way. Notice again what it says. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let me just say this, if anybody is facing uh, serious health issues or, or something like that, and you would want the, the men of the church to anoint you with oil and pray over you, let me know and we'll do that, amen? Now listen, I don't have a special bottle of magic oil in my office, okay? It, and by the way, it has nothing to do with the oil. It's what the oil represents. And when we anoint, all right, all it is is olive oil. It's all it is, all right? I bought it at Walmart, so nothing special. But it's olive oil, and we anoint, and we pray. And listen, we're not trusting in the oil. We're trusting in the God, amen? The God that hears and answers prayer. So if anyone ever would like for us to do so, now again, this is more of a serious situation. It's not, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I you know, have a hangnail. Would you anoint me with oil and pray for me? That's not what it's about. But if you're facing a serious health issue or and something like that, follow the biblical example, amen? Back to my story. My grandpa, we did that when he found out he had cancer. And we prayed over him. Yes, he took treatment. But the doctors gave him six months and God gave him five years. Amen? So I've seen God do this. And so all that to say, we're to pray one for another. And then our text verse, again, it says, uh, and it goes right along with verse 15, uh, that you may uh, pray for one another, that you may be healed. And I love the statement on verse 16. Man, I love this. Uh, the effectual... Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, I'm going to tell you, that is a powerful verse. That word effectual, it means to be active. Amen? So that means it's real, okay? It's none of this, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep stuff. It's real. It means, you know what? People, a person knows how to get, get a hold of God. By the way, uh, you know, prayer is like anything else. Okay, you've got to do it. And I'm not going to say it's like, you know, uh, as far as like a skill per se. But listen, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And when I say better, what I'm saying is you learn to be in tune with the Lord. And let me tell you something. The most powerful thing about prayer is not so much that we change God's mind. It's that when we stand in the presence of the Lord, He changes our mind. Amen. He changes us. But effectual, it's real. It's uh, it's active, fervent. I love that word. It means to be hot. Amen? It means to be hot. Speaking about a relationship with God, a fervent relationship, the effectual, fervent prayer. And look at this next word, of a righteous. Righteous. Now, folks, that's the key right there. It doesn't mean perfect, but it means righteous. By the way, you know what that word means? It means doing right. It means we love God more than we love our sin. It means we choose our relationship with God more than we choose the lust of the flesh. And you know what? We, we turn our back on those things so we can be what the old timers used to call on praying ground. Amen? 
And by the way, you know what? It's, we as Christians need to be on praying ground because other people are depending upon us to be on praying ground. You know why? Because we're talking about praying for who? Ourselves tonight? No. One for another. Now, it's not wrong to pray for ourselves. But let me just say this. There's a such thing, and this is the direction of the message on this subject tonight, called intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer. And that, that simply means this. You go to God on behalf of somebody else. You go to God on behalf of somebody else. By the way, if you're going to do that, you've got to know God for yourself. Amen? And you gotta, your relationship's gotta be right so that you and God have a clear line of communication so you can go and help somebody else that has a need. And by the way, you know what? Not every person you're gonna pray for may be on the same level of praying ground that you are. That's why it's very important as Christians we take this thing serious. Now, the Bible tells us a lot of people that we need to be, be, be praying for. Okay? And if you chase that through the scripture, you're gonna find out there's a lot of people. By the way, I'm gonna say this. Real prayer is hard work. It's work. In fact, I'll go, go as far as to say, I believe in my experience and talking to other preachers about it, it's harder to pray than it is to read your Bible. It's harder. Because I'm going to tell you something. You've got to be in a place. Jesus called it your closet. It's your private place. You've got to be away from distractions. You've got to be away from the things and cares of this life so you can then in your spirit, because if we're going to go to God, we've got to go to God in spirit and truth. Our spirit can communicate with God in prayer. Now, prayer is not this, you know, weird mystical thing, all right? You don't have to sit in some weird position and try to meditate and start doing all that stuff. That's not prayer. Prayer is simply you going to God and uh, uh, talking to God. But I'll just say this, it's work to pray, amen? Listen, again, what kind of prayer are we talking about? We're talking about effectual prayer, fervent prayer, amen? And you know what? You need to be alone to have, have uh, that kind of prayer. But uh, we're to go to God on behalf of a lot of different people. Here's a few of the things the Scripture says we ought to be praying for. We ought to be praying for those in authority. We ought to be praying, how about this, for our enemies. Okay? Listen, that means this. I'm saying it like it lump, but I'm saying it. You ought to be praying for Joe Biden. He is an enemy of the American people. I can with a clear conscience say that. Whether you vote Republican or Democrat, it doesn't care. He's an enemy of the American people. But we're to be praying for him. What do we pray? Here's what I pray. That God would save his soul. Because you know what? As much as we don't like it, God loves him just as much as he loves anybody else. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed for him as much as it was shed for anybody else. Pray for his soul. The number two, here's what I pray. God, if he is not going to repent, get him out of office. Nothing wrong with praying that way. Amen? The Bible doesn't say what to pray. It just says to pray. Okay? And so, we are to pray for those in authority. By the way, we could chase that. That means, that means others in authority. All right? We ought to pray for uh, um, uh, our enemies. We ought to pray for saints. Okay, pray, pray again, that, that, uh, particularly for our fellow brothers and sisters. The Bible talks about praying for ministers or pray for your pastor. Amen. And again, folks, I, I'm not being self-serving by saying this, but I need your prayers. I need you to pray for me. I pray for you. I need you to pray for me. Amen. I would pray for, the Bible talks about our friends, pray for the lost. And then in general, we're to pray for all men. Listen again, prayer is hard work. When Job was being scorned by his friends, uh, here's what he said in, in uh, chapter 16, verse 21. Oh, that one might plead for a man with God. And may I echo that statement. May we be that one that pleads to God for others. Let's look at some places in the Scripture where we see these principles played out. Go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. 
very important verse here. And uh, this is Jesus. If you look back at the context, this is him uh, talking to his disciples at the Last Supper and kind of giving him his last heart-to-heart with them before he gets ready to suffer his passion. And uh, here's what he says um, in verse uh, 28. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations, and I appointed to you a kingdom as my Father hath appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Hey, you know what that's called? That's called future victory. Amen. That's what they were hoping would happen the first time when Jesus came. But that wasn't the plan. Okay? So notice what he, after he talks about that, he shifts directly, looks at Peter, all right, puts his attention right on him, and says these words. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Man, that's, again, you know what Jesus was seeing? He was foreseeing the near future where Peter would deny him. And he knew the bid that, that the devil had uh, over Peter in his life. But look at verse 32. Man, to me, this is one of the most encouraging verses in all the Bible. Notice what he says, but I have prayed for thee. That's powerful, folks. I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, he's talking about the fact that, you know what, when you repent from what you're about to do, strengthen the brother. Okay, let me tell you, there's a powerful truth in that verse right there. Knowing, listen to me folks, knowing that Jesus Christ prays for us to the Father on our behalf. By the way, we don't have time to go there. We go to Hebrews sometime and look at those verses that talk about Jesus Christ as our great high priest. What's that mean? Does that mean Jesus is, you know, up in heaven with, you know, a black uh, uh, penguin suit on this collar and walking around waving incense everywhere? That's not what he's talking about. No, the fact that he's our high priest means that he's the mediator between us and the Father. He's there to the Father on our behalf. Hey, you know what? Hey, think about this. Jesus prayed for you today. You say, how can He do that? All the Christians. He's God. He can do anything. He's not limited like we are. Okay? He prayed for you today. So let me ask you a question. Alright? Did you pray to Him and did you pray for others? Remember the ultimate goal of the Christian life is to be like who? Jesus. So if Jesus... Being having all the care of all the Christians in all the world can pray to the Father, what's our excuse for praying for the people in our sphere of influence? Right? And Jesus prayed for Peter that thy faith fail not. So think about this for a minute. In your hour of temptation, when you feel like denying, you better remember something. Jesus is praying for you. I don't know about you. That encourages me. Amen? By the way, that's why uh, you don't have to give in to temptation. That's why we don't have to give in to the lust of our flesh. You know why? Because Jesus is praying for us. That's why. Saint don't want you to know that, by the way. Amen? Man, what a powerful verse. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. We've been here. I won't spend a lot of time on this one because uh, I taught all the way through this. But let me just give you a quick refresher on this. Ephesians chapter 6. Of course, Ephesians chapter 6, when anyone says that, uh, the main theme of that chapter is the armor of God. And when I taught through this, I taught through, uh, we, we looked at, Verses 10 all the way down through 17 and looked at who our enemy was, the, the power God gives us, the fact that we're to put on the armor. And then once we put all that armor on, verses um, uh, 13 through 17, look at verse 18. Okay, notice what he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Amen. Listen, uh, here's what prayer is to us as Christians. Prayer is the fuel source for the Christian. 
Okay, listen, the, 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 the warrior's no good if he has no energy to go to battle. He can have all the armor on. He can be all suited up. But if there's no energy to go engage the enemy, what good is the armor? What good are we as Christians if we don't have effectiveness to face down the enemy? You know what allows us to do that? Prayer. Prayer is the fuel source. Amen? Again, that's why Satan fights you so hard. Because if he can cut your fuel source off, you're of no threat to him. Amen? I'm going to tell you right now, Christians who don't pray, the devil doesn't waste any time on you if you don't pray. Now, he, you know, he probably sends his, you know, his, his demonic imps after you, but even those are probably the weakest ones that come after you if you don't pray. Because if you don't have an act of prayer life, you're no threat to the devil whatsoever. Take your Bibles, go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 9. Notice what, uh, of course, the Apostle Paul here, right to the church in Colossians, verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Of course, Paul is encouraging the church here, talking to them and saying that, you know what, uh, since we've heard of the need, we don't cease to pray about it. Amen? And not only are we praying for the need, we're praying for you, and we desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. <laughs> By the way, when, when we pray for people, I'm afraid sometimes we just, you know, we, we, we're too general in our prayers, okay? Pray for so-and-so, all right? So and we will say that, Lord, I pray for so-and-so. Okay, that's okay to mention a name, all right? Because you are getting their name before the throne. But listen to me, don't just pray their name, pray for the need that they have. Like tonight, with some of the prayer requests mentioned tonight, I got them written down here because I'm going to pray here in just a few minutes for them, all right? And uh, the first thing on the list was Perry's job situation. So when I pray tonight, I'm going to pray, Lord, I pray that you'd bless Brother Perry, God, and Lord, I pray that you'd help him if this be your will on Tuesday for his job interview to go good. And Lord, if it be your will, Lord, would you allow Brother Perry to get that job? You know what that's called? Specific prayer. By the way, you know what that specific prayer gets? Specific answers. Lord, be with Brother Perry, be with, be, be, with, be with Bonnie's dad, be with Bonnie's uncle, be with baby Chloe. Now listen, I'm not saying if you're praying, that's fine. You are praying. But get specific when you pray. Listen, if, if it's your need, if it's your job, if it's your health, you want people bringing you a specific request to the throne. Amen? And that's what Paul's doing here. He's getting very specific how he's praying for the Christians here. And that's what we need to do. First Thessalonians chapter 5, flip over there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Again, folks, I'm telling you, being a, being a, a warrior, that's why I preached to our young men this morning at, at, at camp. I preached out of Deuteronomy chapter 20, and I preached about a warrior's mentality. Or Deuteronomy 18, I think. Maybe it was 20. I don't remember the text. Uh, uh, but uh, I preached about a warrior's mentality. And uh, I preached to them about the fact that, you know what? Being a Christian's hard work. Listen, you, you can't be a casual Christian and get a lot done for God. You got to be all in this thing, amen. If you're going to be a warrior, if you're going to make make uh, uh, make effect in your prayer life, all right. First Thessalonians chapter five, and this is if you read through this chapter, this is what I call the Ten Commandments for the New Testament church. And I've preached to these before, but you have the, these just these what seems like small commands, uh, but uh, talk about uh, what the church ought to be doing. Surprise, surprise! Look what's on the list. Verse seventeen. What's it say? Pray without ceasing. 
And that just means to continually be praying. Okay, continually be praying. And then look what it also says there in verse 25. Brethren, pray for us. Okay? And literally what those verses are telling us that as Christians we ought to pray about everything. Right. I mean, come on. All right. Uh, uh, if, if, if me and my family are going to go someplace and, and, you know, drive a considerable distance or something, you know what we're going to do before we go? We're going to pray and ask the Lord to give us a safe trip. I mean, come on. Do you want to be in a head on collision? I don't. Okay. I mean, number one, I, I don't want to be in the hospital. I don't want to crunch my vehicle up. I'm going to pray and ask God to watch over me. Every day before I go to work and when, I, when, I, when I'm laying floors, here's what I pray. Lord, help me to be quick and accurate today. Give me strength. Help me to get my work done and get the job done uh, in a way that will make my customers happy. I pray that. And you know what? For the most part, that usually happens. Amen? Unless you get that one cranky old person. That No, I'm just kidding, all right? I'm not implying that elderly folks are cranky. I'm not. I'm not. In fact, I will say this. Usually some of my uh, jobs where I've had the most issues aren't elderly people at all. Listen, elderly people love me, just saying, all right? Man, I, I worked for a lady last night, me and Kayla did. She was the sweetest thing, lived over here uh, across town. And, and so uh, anyway, I don't know, I may have just got myself in trouble what I just said. But anyway, I'm moving on, amen? But uh, all that to say, pray about everything, right? Pray without ceasing. Brethren, pray for us. Listen, again, you know what Paul's coveting here? The prayers. He says, listen, saints, we, and talking about his team that was with him, we need your prayers. Amen? We need your prayers. And so, again, very important that we do so. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Look here at verses 1 through 3. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Notice what he says, I exhort, therefore, and again, what's exhortation? It's a strong plea, if you will. It's saying, listen, you need to do this, okay? Draw attention to this. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. You know what he's saying here? You ought to be praying for those in authority. Now, I just talked about that a few minutes ago. But the reason we ought to do that is so that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Now, listen to me again, folks. Nobody enjoys what's happening to our country right now. Nobody enjoys the extra money it's costing us because of the crazy things going on. And I understand we could debate the reason for it, the reason behind it, whatever. Okay, Ultimately, God's in control. We know that. But let me just say this. Maybe some of that's going on because Christians haven't been praying for those in authority. You know, we ought to start taking responsibility for stuff instead of start blaming everything and all those wicked sinners out there. Hey, you know what? Last time I checked, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. So maybe God says, no, Christian, it's on you. Uh, maybe starting to think prayer is kind of important here. Right? Praying for those in authority that we may live a quiet and peaceable life. And then let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Let's look at um, verse 18. Again, look at the, at the exhortation here. 
Uh, of course, you know, technically we don't know who the author of Hebrews is, but most people agree that it's Paul, and I, I agree with that as well. But whoever the author is, more than likely Paul, notice the, ex- uh, the, the exhortation, pray for us, pray for us. For we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. Again, you know what you see here? You see a plea for prayer, a plea for for uh, uh, those to please pray for the man of God, pray for what's going on, pray that the work of God can go forward and the work of God can prosper. Again, I mentioned our missionaries tonight, but listen, folks, uh, and, and because we're, we're live, I, I can't say some of the countries they're in because they are in places where what they're doing is against the law. Okay, but they're doing it anyway. Amen. Now, again, you imagine your family living in one of those places. Okay, imagine you, your wife being there, your children being there. Wouldn't you want people, you know, in America to be praying for you? I mean, come on, folks. They are in spiritually dark places where, where most, the majority of the population is, is a religion that's anti-Christianity. And they're trying to spread the message. They're trying to do what all Christians are supposed to be doing, but in a lot harsher environment. Wouldn't you want people praying for you? Amen? And so listen, it's very important that, yes, we pray one for another, but and that encompasses all Christians in general, but particularly those that are on the front lines of the battle. Amen? They need our prayers. And so, church, I just want to encourage you tonight uh, through this short little Bible study that we would maybe renew our prayer life. And listen, folks, again, I'm not, Satan complicates it. Okay, he wants you to think prayer is just a big complicated process and you can't pray. That is, that is, that is a lie from hell. That's a lie. If you think that, start sniffing, you're going to smell brimstone because it's not coming from God. Listen, every Christian can be involved in prayer. Every single Christian can. All right? You just got to make it a priority. Make it a priority. That means this, tomorrow morning before you go to work, you got to set your alarm a little bit earlier. You got to drag your carcass out of bed like I got to do every morning. Amen. And you know what? You got to spend time. I always, I personally like to be in my Bible first because it gets my heart right, gets me ready. By the way, I want, I want to let God be a gentleman and speak to me first. Amen. And then once I hear from God and I'm in the Word, then I go to God. Amen. And I spend time every day. I try to. And, and some days I pray more than others. But listen, you got to spend time with God every day. All right, listen, you, you, you ought to have a, a systematic way you pray for things. There are certain things you ought to pray for every single day. Right? Listen, your family ought to be on that list you pray for every single day. Listen, daddies, if we're not going to hold our family up to God, who's going to do it? We ought to take number one responsibility in praying for our families. Praying that Satan won't get the hearts of our children. Praying that God will protect our spouse. Praying that God would help us have good marriages and help us to be good fathers and the things that we ought to be. Amen? You ought to pray for your family every day. And you ought to pray for uh, then, extend that out to your church family. By the way, listen to me. All right? It doesn't take as long as you think it does. Isn't it amazing? We'll make time for the things that we want to do. Right? Nobody has a problem sitting down watching a two-hour Hollywood movie. Nobody has a problem with that, but we have a problem spending 45 minutes to an hour in a prayer closet? What's wrong with us? God help us. Amen? By the way, that's why we gave you that church directory. So you can open that thing up. So you can see people's faces. So you can read their names. That's not just so you can get a hold of people. That's a prayer list. Amen? Alright? And start using this one. Maybe your schedule works in such a way where you can't pray early in the morning. Listen to me. Make it a priority and pray sometime. 
Right? Get get some place alone. Listen, let me tell you it again. I'm not. I don't have time to get deep into this, and I've taught it before. But just a, just a quick refresher. Jesus taught us the the Lord's prayer, which was never meant to be repeated verbatim. Now, if you repeat it verbatim, you're quoting scripture. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, but it's not made to just be some vain, repetitious prayer. It's a pattern. Okay, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know what that means? You ought to start your prayer with praise. Praise. Come before his, uh, before his presence with singing, into his courts with praise. Listen, praise him. Amen. Come on. You can't tell me you can't think of five or 10 or 15 minutes of things to praise God for. Listen, use your mind a little bit. Amen. All right. The first thing I thank God for every day, Lord, thank you for allowing me to get out of bed this morning. Lord, thank you for allowing me to uh, walk on your earth and breathe your air. And like I said before, if I'm real tired, I'll say, Lord, thank you for allowing me to breathe your earth and walk on your air. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. That didn't sound right, right? Now, thanking God for, and just spend some time praising Him. Listen to me. You ought to thank Jesus every day for what He did for you. Remember how we had the Lord's Supper here a couple weeks ago? It was a memorial service. Every day ought to be a Lord's Supper for you. Now, you may not drink the juice and eat the bread every day, but your mind ought to be going there. Thanking the price He paid for you. Just spend some time praising Him and thanking Him. Amen? Think about what He has done, what He is doing, and what He one day is going to do. By the way, you get through all that, you'll be surprised how much time you'll spend in prayer. And then once you go through that, just have a time of confession. Alright? Get yourself clean before God. Amen? And that means this. Remember, Jesus is your high priest. Go to, go to Him with your sin. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Name, name, tell him the things that you need forgiveness for. Does he know him? Sure, he knows him. But he wants you to know that he knows him. All right, confess, get it right, Lord. Listen, God, I messed up yesterday, Lord. God, I, I, I talked to my wife in such a way, or Lord, I thought this, God, and and I didn't do right, and Lord, you know about it, and God, I, I'm sorry, Lord, please forgive me of that, God, help me to uh, today not do that, Lord, may my mind be clean, and, and remember what Brother Dallas said on Sunday: dedicate yourself a piece at a time to God. Lord, my mind, my eyes, my ears, my hands, my feet, Lord, please do yours today, helping to bring glory and honor to you today. Come on, folks, that's what prayer's about, Amen. Confessing, getting right. And then once you're on praying ground, go to God on behalf of others. Intercede for them. Maybe that person at work would get saved if you pray for them more. Instead of complaining about their mouth, once you pray for them. I'm not saying put up with certain things. But you listen, folks, lost people are lost people. I mean, come on. Before you got saved, your BC days, before Christ's days, you weren't no saint. By the way, most of us, once we are saved, still aren't what we ought to be. So let's quit getting mad at lost people for being lost people. Let's pray for them. Amen? Let's bring them before God. Yes, witness to them. But listen, you've got to bathe that in prayer, alright? And begin to go to God on behalf of others. And then, yes, you know what? When it's all said and done, go to God on your own stuff, your own needs. All right, that's nothing selfish with praying for things in your life. Okay? Now, we, all, we obviously ought to pray toward the will of God. And anything we do pray... We ought to say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Preface every prayer with the will of God. Listen, there were things before that I besought God about, and I fasted about, and I prayed about, and I, I, I mean, I literally did, did everything I could fervently prayed for something that God would give me something. And you know what? He didn't give it to me. You know why? It wasn't His will. By the way, I found out later why it wasn't His will. Guess what? He had something better. And looking back now, thank you, Lord, for not giving me what I thought I wanted. 
Right? That's why you, that's why you just got to trust in God. Amen? Know that He knows best because He does. And so again, just a little crash course, crash course tonight on prayer. I just want to challenge this church. Listen to me. The, the, the secret of success of our church being able to do what God wants it to do is the prayer life of the people. I'm telling you. Listen, maybe you're, you're frustrated. Okay? You, you think things are, you know, you're trying to do the best you can. I hear people, I'm just trying the best I can. Well, maybe your best isn't what the Bible says to do. Okay? Let's stop making excuses and start obeying the Bible. Right? Okay? Maybe, maybe, maybe some things are just, you know, a little topsy turvy. You know, you, you just can't, there's friction. There's just, listen, why don't you have a prayer life? Amen? And maybe you do have a prayer life and some of that stuff's going on. Hey, pray more! Maybe God allows us to go through those things so we can be drawn closer to Him. Because I don't know about you all, but when things are going too good, even saying we need God, we tend to not need God. That's just humanity. That's our flesh. Okay? And sometimes God's got to stir it up a little bit to show us how much we really do need Him. Amen? And so that we will seek Him and, and uh, have a time of, uh, or have a, a prayer life in our lives. So, again, folks, I pray this was a help and a blessing to you tonight. And let's put it to practice uh, beginning tomorrow. Amen? Actually, beginning right now, because we're going to go to our prayer time. Amen? We're going to pray one for another. Let's go. Let's pray. Lord, we love